What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness, in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Cannabis, CBD, hemp, THC. I'm sure you've heard these terms. Do you know the difference between them or how they might play a role in sex and pleasure? CBD may seem like a new trend, but it's been around for a very long time. The first documented use dates back to 2737 BC, when a Chinese emperor used cannabis-infused tea for rheumatism, gout, and memory issues. Queen Victoria is believed to have used CBD for menstrual pain in the late 1800s, and today we can find CBD products for everything from anxiety in our pets to more pleasurable sex. I benefited myself from CBD this past year when I was really struggling with something, and when that happened, I immediately thought of today's guest, sex educator Ashley Manta, who I will introduce shortly. I should mention that neither of us are doctors, and even if we were, relatively few doctors are well-versed in cannabis. If you have a chronic health condition or take medications, please do your due diligence, research, um, tread lightly. If possible, seek a knowledgeable healthcare provider's guidance before adding cannabis to your life, knowing that natural doesn't automatically mean safe and ideal for everyone, as with all supplements and medications, interactions are possible. Okay, back to the fun stuff. Have you shafted the pleasure chest yet? Their theme this month is surround yourself with pleasure. They hope everyone had a safe and sexy new year and want to continue to find ways for you to practice more pleasure in 2020. So head to their social media accounts at Pleasure Chest Stores to learn some of their sex specialist secrets and shop your girl boner out at thepleasurechest.com or in a store in New York, Los Angeles, or Chicago. Now through February 11th, get a free WeVibe toy bag with all WeVibe toy purchases using the code WeVibeGWP while supplies last. Now I'm so pleased to welcome Ashley Manta to the show for her second appearance. Ashley is a sex and relationship coach, creator of Canisexual, and certified body sex facilitator who has been educating folks about sex since 2007. Her work has been featured in Newsweek, Forbes, and the London Times. She appeared on season one of Viceland's hit series, Slut Ever, and studied with the incomparable Betty Dodson. Ashley is also a leading voice on today's topic and has a new podcast of her own I'm excited to hear about. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Could we start with that basic question? The difference between THC and CBD. Absolutely. It is arguably one of the most essential differences in the world of cannabis. And THC stands for tetrahydrocannabinol. Thank you for not making me say that. Absolutely. No problem. And the THC that most people are familiar with, the one that gets you high, is actually Delta 9 THC. 
And that is a cannabinoid that works with our body's endocannabinoid system. And it actually causes euphoria and intoxicating effects, if you will. Giggles, uh, maybe some hunger, uh, increased sensations. It's a vasodilator, so it, it brings more blood flow to the body, which is why your eyes get bloodshot when you're consuming cannabis. And it is federally illegal. So that's an important thing to know about THC. CBD, on the other hand, it stands for cannabidiol. And that is another cannabinoid that is also found in the cannabis plant. And it is not federally illegal. It's sort of a federal gray area, to be honest. A lot of people thought that when the Farm Bill passed in 2018 that that legalized it completely, and it really didn't. It just made it legal to cultivate for commercial purposes. Previously, it was only allowed to be cultivated for research purposes. Ah, so you can't buy it in every state? Just Some states are more ha- uh, harsh about CBD. Okay. But for the most part, like Foria is a company that I work with. They have CBD products and they do ship to all 50 states. So CBD is more widely available and does not cause the intoxicating effects that we associate with THC. That's the really key difference. Also, CBD tends to be more of an approachable topic for folks. I have a book coming out over the summer called CBD and Sex, and we are very sure that it's going to be much more widely read than a cannabis and sex book because some people are still intimidated by the smear campaign that has been levied against the cannabis plant, um, which, as many people know, and if you don't, is entirely based in racism and, and horrific overreaches by the government in the attempt to try to control people of color and, and to disrupt their communities. And so it's really wonderful to start to see cannabis coming into a legal market and and start to see social equity programs where those folks are able to now benefit from the plant that has cost them time and money and freedom over the courses of their lives. So it, it's such a cannabis is a social justice issue. And it's one of the things I love to talk about when mm. I bring cannabis into any space because it, it's something to think about. Thank but, you for mentioning that. Yeah. And I know it's a highly woman dominated field, it seems, too. There are definitely a lot of opportunities for women in the cannabis space. There are also, you know, being now having spent a lot of time in the cannabis industry over the last five years, we have a ways to go. The people who make the most money are still cis white dudes. That's and good to know. so yeah. it's we have more spaces to fill and, and more opportunities to be had. And especially especially for women of color need to be have a more um predominant voice in mm. the cannabis industry but but that is coming it's it's happening in small circles and 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 the waves are getting bigger which is very exciting and there are some fantastic organizations that are supporting women of color in the cannabis industry which is wonderful so uh, i hope to see more of that in the future yeah, yeah that's excellent and i love because it is federally legal there have been more studies, and there's a growing body of studies. And if you are really into studies like I am, it's really fun to go to Google Scholar and and search and, and see the exciting things people are studying. And then, of course, there's tons of anecdotal evidence, which is valuable yes. as well. Um, before we get into some of that stuff, hemp. Yes. So there's like hemp seed. You can get cereal. <laughs> um, how do you differentiate hemp? From so. These? Hemp is a legal designation. Uh, It's not a biological designation. It's all coming from the cannabis plant. Hemp specifically is cannabis that has less than 0.3% THC. Okay. 
Okay. And so when you hear about hemp plants, like you can actually smoke hemp flour. There are people that make hemp joints. Um, and that's a really cool trend that's coming for people who want to have the smoking cannabis experience but don't want the high associated with it. You can smoke hemp. And all of uh, Foria's CBD products are made from uh, broad spectrum hemp. Uh, or they are broad spectrum CBD products derived from hemp. And that is a lovely option to consider, but like to understand that cannabis is cannabis. And so hemp is not a different kind of plant. It's just a plant that has been bred to only have 0.3% THC. That's the difference. Okay. Cannabis is the plant. And then there are these different parts that are extracted and used in different ways, essentially. Yes. Okay, great. Would you share a little bit about your interest and passion in cannabis. Uh, obviously, it's become so much a part of, of your professional life, and mm-hmm. I know it has very personal roots as well. Yes. Could you share how that started? Sure, absolutely. So trigger warning, um, sexual violence discussion ahead. Um, I am a sexual assault survivor and of, of multiple assaults and traumas, and I experienced pain with penetration for my entire life from age 13 until my late 20s. And as you can imagine, that really impacted my sexual experience as well as my sense of self. And and I have PTSD. And so I was having panic attacks and all of these things. But the pain with penetration was the most profoundly impactful result of my trauma. And it was not until I moved to California in 2013 and had access to medical cannabis because I was coming from a prohibition state, Pennsylvania. And I found Foria, this company that makes, at the time, they only made one product, which was a THC-infused oil that was meant to be sprayed on the vulva. And it's it's very much like a marinade for your bits. Um, it, it's been incorrectly labeled weed lube, but it's not lube as such where you're using it to get wet. It's it's actually really to sink into the, the tissue and the nerves. And that allowed me to have penetrative sex without pain for the first time in my life. Wow. What year did you say this was? That was 2014 was when I tried it. So you were already a sex educator Mm -hmm. and very passionate about that topic in general. Absolutely. But still experiencing a lot of penetrative pain. I think that's an important point because sometimes people think if you're a sex educator, you've got like the rockin' sex life and everything's great all the time. And you have this incredible empathy for people struggling with sexual pain, which is so common. Absolutely. It was it was profoundly impacting my experience. And I would go so far as to say a lot of sex educators have various degrees of things going on behind the scenes that we don't realize. I think we we incorrectly ascribe this this superhero status for sex uh, to sex educators. And we are all just humans who just happen to be very knowledgeable and savvy around the, the realm of human sexuality. But for me, yeah, it was it was hard to be out there talking about loving my body and feeling confident and having pleasure when pleasure was elusive for me in a lot of ways. And so to have a tool that I was able to have autonomy to use when I needed it and that would enhance my pleasure and decrease my discomfort was a total game changer for me. Mm. And I realized I kind of looked around at other sex educators in the field generally, and I thought, wow, there's really no one talking about sex and cannabis, certainly not from a like trauma, consent-focused this could be good for survivors lens. And I thought, wow, okay, this this could be my niche. And now here we are six years later, and <laughs> I am one of the leading experts in the world on sex and cannabis, yes. which is so mind-boggling in and, the best way. Yes, and so worthy. And I'm very grateful to you for that work. I know you played a role in my experience because 
I uh, was diagnosed with complex um, PTSD, mm-hmm. and I have these very occasional but incredibly intense, just completely debilitating flare-ups. Mm-hmm. And I had tried everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I and certain things helped some. Sure. Like therapy helped some. Some 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 of the therapy I was in actually um, made things a bit more challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, just so proactively was trying to to sort through this and trying to also embrace these feelings, which is important, but also you need to be able to to thrive. Yes. And it was during um, a really intense trigger flare. I was very aware of what was happening. Um, and even that, I, I thought, okay, so with all this acceptance, I've worked so hard to accept my feelings. I have this great support system. I have a great therapist, all these things. I still have I, – I was having those experiences where, like, I'm driving and I don't know where I am all of a sudden. I mean, mm-hmm. so intense. And I thought, this is so much – some kind of brain chemical thing that feels like it just needs a treatment. Like, yeah. it, it felt so isolated um, in, in my brain chemistry that CBD came to mind. And I'm sure you played a role in that because, again, you are the voice for this and uh, – and my, my partner is a medic, and I, I sent him a text and said, hey, what do you think if I, you know, try this? Because I, um, you know, I trust his, his, his science background and all that. He's like, why not, mm-hmm. you know? And so I went to a store, and I got some, and they gave me a sample, like a water-soluble sample mm-hmm. in a just a little cup to get the flavor. Mm-hmm. And I was not expecting anything from that. It's just, like, to see if I like the taste. And I drove from there. And I, I was in the store, like, shaking, crying, sweating. I drove, like, 15 minutes. And my whole body relaxed. And it was so profound. Wow. Completely life-changing. <laughs> and uh, and I think that is the kinds of experiences. Like, when you said it was the first time you experienced penetration without pain and with more pleasure, was it that much of a light bulb for you that instantaneous I mean it sounds like wonder drug and that's not what I'm saying but like there is that incredible um, epiphany I think so many of us have because if you don't know about this as so many people don't the aha is big absolutely it was a paradigm shift for me and it was just that quick in the time that you I let it marinate 15 or 20 minutes to be able to immediately have penetration after that time lapsed and to be like oh my God, there's no pain. Like I was looking for it at that point because I had grown to expect it and and I was feeling in my body and being really present and no, no pain. And in fact, it felt really good. And I thought, oh my gosh, people need to know about this. This needs to be, especially for survivors, especially for people with PTSD, complex PTSD, which is also what I have. And it just makes such a difference to be able to have the power to take care of your body in your own hands. And the way that the endocannabinoid system works in our bodies is its entire job is to bring homeostasis. So if you're too up, it brings you down. If you're too down, it brings you up. It like gets you to that really beautiful Goldilocks just right place. That was so perfectly stated. That's what it was, was just you feel like an equilibrium in your body. Yes, and uh, it's it's invaluable. At what point did you realize – you obviously realized, as you said, people need to hear about this. Did you know in that moment that it would become – did you start pursuing this in your professional spheres right away? 
I started researching it more. I started learning more about it and talking about it professionally. And that was early to mid-2014. But I was still working a full-time job. and, And I was dipping my toe in the pool, but I was also working under the impression that people were going to have issues with cannabis because there's still a lot of of mistrust and and bias toward those who consume cannabis, even as recently as 2014, which is sort of mind-boggling to consider. But it was really in 2015 when, again, trigger warning, I named my rapist on the internet and had a massive PTSD player to the extent that I had to quit my job when I thought, oh, my God, cannabis is going to be the thing that gets me through this. And it did. And by the end of the summer, I had gotten to a place where I could actually go to events again. And I went to a my very first cannabis conference. I went to the Cannabis World Congress and Business Expo on a scholarship from Women Grow, which is a, a women's networking and business organization in the space. And it was there that I met the editor of Leafly. And I said, hi, I'm a sex educator and sex and cannabis is an area of interest for me. And they offered me my first column. And since then, I've written, gosh, 175 plus articles on sex and cannabis. Uh, I just wrote my first book. It, it really blossomed from there. But at the time, I was petrified. I had people in the sex industry tell me, this is going to ruin your career. Do not, do not get involved with cannabis. No one is going to take you seriously. They're just going to assume that you're a lazy stoner. And and in fact, I had some people like sabotage jobs that I was trying to get still in the can- in the sex ed world being like, oh, she's just a stoner now. She's not going to be a good employee for you. And so it was a big chance that I took, but I felt really strongly that this information needed to be out there and that with my background in trauma and like from the academic side, I was a rape crisis counselor and a victim advocate, and, and I worked a lot on sexual violence prevention education, as well as my own experience as a survivor. It felt like I was kind of the perfect person to be talking about this, and so I stuck with it, and I'm really grateful that I did. So many people are grateful that you have, for sure. Could you talk a little bit about the ways that CB can help from an emotional perspective, especially... So many questions that I get here are around talking to a partner about something that's really tender or vulnerable, uh, maybe maybe trust issues, those kinds of things. How can that be helpful? CBD is so useful. And I should say that CBD does work best in the presence of THC, so at least in small quantities. Even that 0.3% is enough. Um, CBD isolate does not tend to work as well on its own. But CBD ingested in some fashion, whether you do a tincture where you put a solution under your tongue or edibles or you puff on a vaporizer or some hemp flower, however you choose to ingest it, really helps to alleviate worry and stress and anxiety. And so kind of getting you back over what I call the emotional center of gravity uh, to take from Emily Nagoski's work, it's really useful for that. And I've used it myself innumerable times in the last six years. And even as recently as this year, doing couples therapy with my partner, when we were having really tough sessions, I would pull out my my little Foria CBD vape and be puffing on it. And I would feel the shakes start to diminish. Mm. And I would feel more grounded and more present. And we know that physiologically, if your heart rate goes above 100 beats a minute, you're kicked into your stress response cycle. And you're really 
less able to access your rational mind and and use your words and have forthright conversations, you're in reaction mode. And so to be able to stay out of that reactionary brain and in this present grounded space, it's unbelievably helpful when you're having tough conversations. Yeah, yeah. Because that is so much of the barrier for people. It, it can be... It can get to the point where you don't even remember what you were talking. I mean, you know, it just it's it's a wall that comes up when we, mm-hmm. co- we become that reactionary. Yeah. And to have a tool that can just, whew, you know, ease yes. you into it a little bit. Have you found that it affects people a little bit differently? Absolutely. It really does. Uh, there are some folks who small quantities of CBD are on the sleepier side for them. Some it's actually more energizing. And it's really based on your body's endocannabinoid system, your individual tolerance, if how much TB, how much THC is present in whatever you're consuming, as well as just your set and setting. People underestimate the the power of mindset and environment in ways that baffle me because it makes such a difference. If you are in a super loud, stressful environment, even the most potent thing may not work quite as well as you would like it to. Right. So you might need to take more than you would if you're in a quiet, serene oasis where you're just a little stressed about an email that you have to send. You know, yeah. being able to to titrate your dosage according to the situation and the environment that you're in is valuable. So it definitely yeah. does vary from person to person somewhat. Mm. That's that's really affirming to hear. It seems to me at least to be a safe thing to experiment with because they're really I mean, it, compared to so many other things, when you look at the science, it like you said, you can't, as I understand it, you can't even take too much because you're. You, how does that work? Like your your can, how do you say it? The cano- endocannabinoid system. system. Endocannabinoid system mm-hmm. um, uses what it needs. Is that accurate? That it doesn't like you can't just like. It would be very difficult to overdose on really any cannabinoid, but CBD specifically can have interactions with medications, especially at higher doses. So that is something to look out for. Um, One of the things I talked about in my book is there are some medications that interact with CBD, uh, especially things like Coumadin, Warfarin, um, uh, blood pressure type medications. So you really want to watch out for that. But they are testing the, the things that they're studying in studies about CBD in the scientific literature has dosages being between 10 and 20 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. So you're looking at 15 to 1800 milligrams as a therapeutic dose of CBD, considering that your average CBD product has between 10 and 25 milligrams of CBD, the odds of you going overboard are low. <laughs> yeah, pretty low. That's true. I've been amazed like how little is helpful for me. The cool thing about CBD, and and this is not to diminish its effectiveness at all, but there is a placebo effect in a lot of cases. And I've spoken with my colleagues, doc, uh, my colleague Dr. Jordan Tischler, who's an MD out of Harvard, and he talks extensively about how like forty percent of reactions to any medication are placebo, which is a little trippy to think about. Um, but if you take something and you're like, this is going to help me feel calm there's a solid chance that it's going to, whether it's physiologically happening or it's happening in your head. The effects are the same. So for as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't really care which one it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if lower doses are working for you and that's cool, I'm not going to tell you that that's wrong or that you're not taking enough to be effective. F that noise. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I, I also heard that the more, based on research, the more that people pay for something, mm-hmm. the higher 
the placebo potential, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Like if you think this is this luxury, Mm -hmm. you know, procedure, whatever. Right. Um, But one nice thing and certainly because is CBD ever covered by insurance? I wish it was. Not to my knowledge at this point. However, in the future, it may be. The thing with CBD and and the reason I, I say that there's kind of an asterisk with its legality federally currently is because it needs to go through the FDA. And currently the FDA is cracking down hard on the amount of medical claims that companies are making with zero scientific backing. There is a lot of snake oil on the market right now. And I mean, quite frankly, if you're walking into a gas station to buy your CBD. You're probably not getting legit stuff. But Leafly did a a big study on products in the CBD space and found that less than half of the ones that they studied had the amount of CBD in them that they claimed on the packaging. Interesting. So I predict that in the next year or two, you're going to see a massive crackdown from the FDA on these companies that are making wildly outrageous claims about how this this CBD supplement's going to cure cancer. And and you're going to see people being a lot more careful and trying to get more studies. Because as far as sexuality is concerned with CBD, we have almost no studies. Right. People yeah. are not paying for studies about how CBD impacts your sex life. That's just not a thing that happens. And those studies are so hard to get put forward. What, yeah. Even if, I mean, to get funded, to get approved, if it involves sex at all, mm-hmm. that's already a huge barrier. And then to add something else that carries some stigma for a lot of people, it's, yeah. So you really have to lean on the anecdotal evidence and you, you must hear so much from people. I do. Have you been surprised by anything? In, from your own experience, you knew that there was this wonderful potential. What are some of the benefits that you've learned from talking with people? A lot of trauma survivors have reached out to me and said that it's been incredibly helpful for them with pain, with penetration, as well as ability to access their orgasmic and pleasure potential. We know that orgasm is not the goal of sex by any stretch. However, that is something that a lot of people want to experience, understandably. It feels really good. It's very good for you. And so I, even as recently as this past weekend, had a message come in through Instagram of somebody saying, I found you through a friend and through you I found Foria. And since then, my sex life has changed in unbelievable ways. I'm having the best sex of my life. I cannot believe the amount of pleasure that I now have access to that I have never had access to in my life. And it doesn't surprise me, but I am so overwhelmed with emotion reading those those mm-hmm. messages because I want that for people. Like my my mission on this planet is to increase pleasure and joy for all humans. And so the idea that something that I've said or a product that I've pointed someone to has has exponentially improved their sexual and pleasure experiences is just so gratifying. And for people who have struggled so much in that area. Yes. That's just, it's got to be very heart, heart-fulfilling and heartwarming. I have a question from a listener. Sure. I'd love to hear your thoughts as well as Dr. Megan Fleming's. It came from Jillian who wrote this. I only orgasm by myself, never with my partner or any partner before him. I still like to have sex with him, but he really pressures me to get off and seems to think he is doing something wrong. It has led me to be less interested in sex, so I only have been masturbating lately. What do you think I should do to fix this? Thanks, Jillian. Jillian, thank you so much for trusting us with your question. Here is what Dr. Megan had to say. Jillian, great question. And, you know, as a Girl Boner listener, I'm pretty sure you know you're not alone. Many women are able to bring themselves to orgasm on their own and haven't yet been able to experience one with a partner. 
But unfortunately, as you're saying, so many partners either A, as you're describing, begin to question their own ability as a lover, thinking that there's something wrong, which of course can impact sense of self-esteem and self-confidence, or B, sort of taken on as a challenge, right? I'm going to be the guy to give you that first orgasm. And what's problematic about both ultimately is that they're highlighting quote-unquote a problem, as if there is one. Um, and what's happening is that orgasm is becoming a goal. The focus is of a goal. And it then brings up all the performance demands and anticipatory anxiety, all the ways we can be, therefore, inhibiting our own arousal and getting in the way of what it's really all about, which is pleasure for pleasure's sake. Because orgasm is a reflex when the right conditions are there. And it's ultimately the tipping point of arousal, which is both the emotional, psychological, and physical stimulation. So, and let's not forget that, again, the foundation of arousal is relaxation. And I can imagine for you both, because I see this uh, all the time in working with clients over the last 20 years, which is they're now in their heads and focusing on, you know, what someone's doing, their partner's doing or not doing, what they're feeling, not feeling, how long it's been taking. And as I often say, you know, it's like a cartoon bubble above your head. You want to look at that inner dialogue and that thought process. Really write it down on a piece of paper, because I think when you step back from it, you're going to really be like whoa, there's really nothing sexy or erotic, right? So this is how you are inhibiting yourself, certainly on the emotional and psychological side. So the solution, and as sex therapists, sort of the number one thing we'd recommend here is taking orgasm off the table. Like, it's just not going to happen. You're not looking for it. You're not trying to make it happen. You are back to the basics, which is pleasuring. And so speak to your partner and certainly have them listen to my answer to your cue. Um, and for now, as I said, take it off the table to focus again on the pleasuring. And while that's happening, because we want to extinguish all the negative uh, associations and negative thoughts, on your own, I want you to be exploring your personal turn-ons, because I'd like to know a little bit more about your orgasm and how you make that happen. And if you're like many, we tend to do what we know, and it's kind of limited in terms of, you know, it's easy, efficient, we we do what we do because we get what we get when we want it, right? So chances are you haven't really um, increased your repertoire of the ways and discovery, right, of your turn-ons. And often women may on their own just be using a vibrator and sometimes even a powerful one like the Hitachi Magic Wand, which again, I love and I'm all about tools in the toolbox, but the reality is your partner is never going to be able to duplicate that kind of stimulation. So, you know, when you're feeling ready and you've just discovered those negative feelings are gone in, as your relationship, you've discovered more on your own, then we can begin to look at what we sort of refer to as bridging techniques. And that looks like things like mutual masturbation. Because again, on your own, you have confidence in bringing yourself to orgasm. So we want to bring that relaxation, that confidence and pair it to, and that can happen with your partner. And then from there, and again, there are many um, modifications here and other suggestions. But another one is potentially bringing a vibrator into the relationship with your partner. That could be on a cock ring or just like a small one. Um, and looking in certainly at different positions, right, where you can um, be sort of grinding your pelvis and sort of rocking to get more, again, clitoral stimulation. Because what we know is two thirds of women don't orgasm with just penetration alone. So speaking of pleasure, and your discovery for yourself. I have something perfect for you, which is, it's called Clitoral Play, and it's um, seven mind-blowing techniques for your pleasure. So I'd love for you to get that. And to do so, you would just go to my website, greatlifegreatsex.com forward slash pleasure. And when you do, not only will you get that, but you know, because I'm all about adding tools to your toolbox, I'm also going to be having a nine-day pleasure challenge. So you'd be signing up for that 
And just so you know, it's free and it starts on January 22nd. And so in terms of what you can expect, you're going to be receiving an email each day with particular exercises to invite the discovery in a specific way about pleasure in your life. And as I said, when you sign up, you get that download about clitoral play. So another reason I look forward to seeing you there and anyone listening is because there are also going to be two live calls with Q&A. And that way we can go deeper into this and any other questions that you might have. So again, it's easy to register. All you do is go to greatlifegreatsex.com forward slash pleasure. So can't wait to see you there. And I invite all of us to experience more exploration and pleasure in 2020. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. The link to her sign-up and that freebie will be down in the show notes. And I'm going to be part of her pleasure challenge. I'm excited to, to try it out, and I hope to see some of you there. Ashley, do you have any thoughts to add for Jillian? That was such a great answer. Oh, my goodness. That was a lot of what I would have said, the idea of masturbating in front of your partner so that they can watch your techniques, as well as bringing toys into the bedroom if that's a thing that you masturbate with. I know for me, with my partner... I have a lot of energetic orgasms during sex. We do Tantra and and those kinds of practices. But at the end, after we're all done and he rolls off and we're kind of snuggling in the afterglow, I always immediately reach for my vibrator and do like one last clitoral vibrator, uh, vibration experience on my own with him holding me and, you know, maybe like stroking my throat or rubbing my belly or doing like these yummy, touchy, whispering dirty things in my ear. And that sends me over the edge for my kind of final crowning orgasm of the night. And and I love the idea of a partnership with orgasm uh, as well. Instead of thinking that, you know, this partner being angry and resentful that she's struggling with orgasm in his presence, like take your ego out of it. Let that go, because as my dear friend Nina Hartley likes to say, no one gives you an orgasm. You give yourself an orgasm with other people's support. <laughs> and yes. and so it's for, for the partner to take the ego out and, and just be present with orgasm doesn't have to be the goal. The harder that you try to orgasm, often the more elusive it becomes. So really setting that aside, as Dr. Megan suggested, is a, such a smart idea. And this is where cannabis could come in, uh, using a CBD oil beforehand to kind of enhance sensation or taking CBD orally, ingesting it so that you're more relaxed and, and able to access your arousal and turn on could really be helpful. So when you use CBD oil for that specific purpose, mm -hmm. could it be any like the same CBD oil that you are using in a beverage or that you're taking through a dropper or should you have a specific one for like intimate play? In theory, you could use any that is just CBD oil. If there are any other additives, if there's sugar, if there are preservatives or any kind of chemicals, you don't want to mix that with your bits. But ostensibly, if you had uh, like Foria has a CBD tincture as well, you could for sure use that genitally because it's just MCT oil and CBD. So as long as it's it's a, a simplistic product with limited ingredients, you're cool. And would you talk a little bit more about, you mentioned how you would apply it, mm -hmm. but that people do think it's a lube. So it's, they're imagining a bunch of, you know, some gel or some liquid that they spill out onto their hand. And, you know, it's uh, quite a bit of it. Uh, but this sounds quite different. Could you walk us through what it might, the steps might be? Absolutely. So um, for Foria specifically, which is the one I use most often, it's a spray bottle. So you would part your outer labia and do, I do two sprays on the clit 
two sprays on uh, in the middle on the, the inner labia and then two sprays on the vaginal opening. And if I'm feeling especially prodigious, I will I will put some on my fingers and get a little bit inside if I don't have a uh, suppository nearby. And then you let that sit for 15 to 25 minutes to really absorb into the area. And one thing to keep in mind, of course, is that oil degrades latex. So if you are using barriers with your partner, make sure they are oil-friendly barriers. So a Trojan Supra, is compatible with oil because it's made of polyurethane. Uh, the FC2 internal condom, also sometimes called female condoms, is made of nitrile. That's also oil compatible. So just being mindful of the fact that oil degrades latex and not messing with latex barriers if that's the case. Such a good point. Does it degrade uh, some toys as well? If they are PVC toys, it can be problematic. Also, I just found out that there are some uh, like Fun Factory has an amazing line of silicone vibrators, and silicone is safe to use with oil. But if you use their silicone vibrators, it will with oil it voids the warranty, which I didn't realize. Oh, interesting. Because their toys are meant to be used with water-based lubes, okay. and so they can't guarantee the the ability to withstand. However, from a a perspective of materials, you know, if you use silicone cooking tools in your kitchen. You cook with oil, and that's fine. You're not melting your your spatula as you're cooking dinner. So silicone and oil are fine, but be mindful of if there are warranties at play. If you have a $200 toy, you don't want to avoid the warranty. Okay, got it. And I like this idea of it having to be applied in advance Mm -hmm. because it also helps with mindset, as you mentioned, which is so important, and easing in and, and the arousal that comes from anticipation. Absolutely. And you now have 15 or 20 minutes to kill doing other things that are not focused on your genitals, which I think is a great place to start. I said in my book that I think foreplay should be reconceptualized instead of just oral or things like that, like everything that you do to get ready to have a pleasurable experience. Mm -hmm. So thinking about lighting, thinking about what you're wearing, getting into the right mindset, communicating with your partner, connecting in a very heart-centered way, that's all foreplay. And so that gives you plenty of time to do those things while things are marinating. That's beautiful. So after you've applied it and you have uh, the time has passed, 15, mm-hmm. do you feel something different? With the Awaken, you do from Foria um, because it has some other botanicals in it. There are some that are just CBD and oil in that other companies make that you really won't feel any difference except the absence of pain. But uh, with Foria's Awaken, it has cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, cacao, uh, peppermint, and so lots of really stimulating botanicals that are lovely and and give you a little bit of sensation to kind of build that anticipation anticipation as well. And so you will feel that. And I think it's because a lot of folks were complaining with their THC product, which was just THC and oil, that they they didn't feel anything until they got to the orgasm part. They were like, what's different other than, you know, lack of pain and and more powerful orgasms. And people like to have some kind of tactile feedback. Yeah, in they want to know it's working. Some even, sense. Even if they get a benefit later, they're like, I want to feel this now. Exactly. Like, wanna, so you feel like a little tingly maybe. A little tingly, and- a little heat. Uh, the ginger and the cinnamon give a nice warmth and the peppermint gives a tingle. And and the cacao makes it all smell and taste like a thin mint, but no sugar. So you're good. And so you can have your partner go down on you afterward. They're not going to have to worry about getting high because it's CBD. And it tastes really good. Mm. 
so many uh, added perks to this. Right. I love that. And I'm guessing that it can work for any genitalia. Um, do you find that there are some benefits for people with penises? The benefits for people with penises are limited. In fact, there are some folks with penises who have said that it actually negatively impacts their erectile functioning uh, because it's relaxing. So we know the penis is made of erectile tissue that uh, the tumescence is typically what people are looking for and and the rigidity. And so if the tissue is more relaxed, it's not going to be as rigid. Uh, So if you want to kind of counteract that effect, I would encourage folks to use cock rings. But I have heard anecdotally from some folks that, that that has been somewhat of a struggle. But typically, penises don't benefit as much from the topically applied products because they lack the exposed mucosa the way that the vulva has. Um, you know, the vulva, the inside of the vulva, and, and once you get past the outer labia, is very much like the inside of your mouth. So it's highly absorbent, whereas the penis is covered with skin just like any other part of your body. So unless you're putting it into the urethra, which I would not recommend because it's not a sterile solution. Uh, it's it's not as helpful. However, everyone has an ass. The ass is the great equalizer. Oh. And so you can use their suppositories anally. Oh, where regardless of your is so important. Yes, exactly. Wow. So if you have low back pain, if you're going to be doing yeah. anal play, regardless of your genital configuration on the front side, I found those suppositories to be like gold for anal play. And I have a partner who has an incredibly girthy penis. And I had kind of ruled out receptive anal in our relationship. And about a month ago, actually, we were away and used a couple of the – I used two suppositories. I was like, I am not (laughs) messing around with this. And I was actually able to enjoy receptive anal because I was relaxed, but they don't numb because we know numbing with anal is bad. Yes, yes. So yes, it's yes. relaxing. It reduces discomfort and allows for more pleasurable penetration without. Oh. And you can still have the clitoral erection because everything oh, yeah. is absorbed. So, Absolutely. And it doesn't transfer, it sounds like, because it's absorbed, it wouldn't transfer from like Correct. internal clit to like a penis. Right. That's that's awesome. Uh, so I want to hear a bit about what you have going on. Yes. First of all, your podcast. So exciting. <laughs> so exciting. Tell us about it. Uh, okay. So I did a podcast years ago called Carnal Copia, and it was with my best friend Katie, and I loved it. And unfortunately, we had to go off the air because she went to law school. And I had been wanting to get back into the podcast game. And my dear friend, Sam Zia, who is a sex therapist and... Coincidentally, a radio producer has been pestering me for years and saying, you need to get a podcast. You need to get a podcast. And I was like, no, 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 it's not the right time. Well, the time is now. (laughs) So it's called Elevated Intimacy. And I did that intentionally as sort of a double entendre because elevated, you know. But also because I'm trying to not get yanked off of the (laughs) Apple store because Boy, are these companies not cannabis friendly or sex friendly generally. Yeah, so you have it coming. So I have it coming from both Both ends, right? Oh, my goodness. But the episodes are 30 minutes. I wanted them to be nice and short because I know we are busy humans and we have short attention spans. And it's the, the premise of the podcast is storytelling with the goal of connection and transformation. And so I bring in experts 
who are I've had uh, sex therapists on. I had the author uh, Michelle Janikian, who just wrote the psilocybin mushroom companion guide. So I'm also, in addition to talking about cannabis, also talking about psychedelics because that is sort of the next extension of my brand, wow. which I'm very excited about. This is sort of like <laughs> you are one of the first to hear that this is coming, and and I'm I'm very thrilled to be expanding that because there's also a lot of really interesting research being done around psychedelics and trauma and embodiment. And wow. so I want to make sure that consent conversations are happening within those circles as well. Um, but yeah, and every few episodes, it'll just be my producer Sam and I chatting about whatever happens to be on my mind that week. Um, I talked about my misconceptions about my body. A month ago, I would have sworn that I don't like anal and that I don't squirt. And turns out I do both. So we never know. You can learn new things about your yeah. body at any age. Isn't and that great? It's, it's the best so thing. so good. And so I've really been enjoying getting to have a new medium because although I'm a really good writer, I don't love writing. And so I wanted to be able to connect with my colleagues and and get my ideas out to folks in, in a very digestible medium that is fun for me because <laughs> you know what is the point of working for yourself if you're not having a good time doing it it's so true especially <laughs> when you're having challenging days if yeah. it's something that you're like but I love this work it's yes. so worth it it's so worth it and so the podcast is available on Spotify it's going to be on the Apple Store and Google Play and all of those places you can find it directly on the website which is elevatedintimacypodcast.com I just made the website last week so this is this is brand spanking new the first episode is up and and i'm just so excited to share it with the world and it dovetails really nicely with my online courses which are also called elevated intimacy academy and so i'm hoping to do a lot of cross-pollination where i talk about the things that i'm teaching in my courses and and create this whole self-sustaining ecosystem mm. congratulations <laughs> on the you. launch and i can't wait to listen i know you also have uh, a free pdf for a course you have coming up Yes. Online Dirty Talk, which I know is another one of your many specialties. Oh, I love Dirty Talk so much. When I first moved to California in 2013, my first job here was as a phone sex operator. And and I believe that when I was on Girl Boner before, we were talking about phone sex and Dirty Talk. And we so did. it's really neat to kind of come full circle. And I wanted people to be able to have access to information if they couldn't come to L.A. and do classes with me or if they don't have the funds to hire me as a coach, they could still get access to this information. And so I made a nine-page PDF that is just a really lovely quick start guide to Dirty Talk that you can find at lovedirtytalk.com. And at the end of the month, I will be launching an online Dirty Talk course that's going to have three live calls. Um, if you enroll in the first week, you'll actually be able to be present for all three calls. And then at the end of those three weeks, we'll have the recordings of all the calls available to anyone who enrolls in the course after that. But I highly encourage folks to do it right away because you'll get to ask your questions in real time. And we're going to talk about finding your sexy voice and and what some tips and tricks are and how to negotiate dirty talk because there are some things for folks that are off limits. They don't want to hear this specific word or this scenario or they want it to go a certain way. And that's cool. You get to design however you want it to be. Mm. And so how to have and navigate those conversations and empower yourself. That is so beautiful. I admire your vibrancy so much. You bring incredible fun to the world of sex education. Thank you. I'm so grateful for it. And I, I think it's so uniquely um, extraordinary to pair equal compassion 
with that, especially talking about topics that can be really heavy and isolating. And you create community. And I just I want to thank you for everything you're doing. I think it's so, so valuable. Um, you also have a, a, a workshop, I know, coming up. Right? I do. I am going to be teaching a workshop in L.A. at Damask, downtown L.A. It is on February 8th, and it's called Handy Skills and Oral Thrills. <laughs> As you know, I co-founded International Handjob Day, which is July 21st. Your right? handjob videos are so mesmerizing. Thank you. You're very fun to watch with your <laughs> – I'm thinking of one in particular. You're doing some special technique like a the ice cream cone or something, but it was a, it was with a dildo. Yes, and you have these really beautiful hands. So they're, they're just really mesmerizing. Everyone, check them out. Thank you. <laughs> I love teaching these classes, and hand sex is one of my favorites. But I also know that a lot of people are curious about uh, blowjobs and and pussy eating, and so I will actually have live demos for the hand portion. I've de- discovered that trying to do live demos while I'm teaching for oral is a little challenging because my mouth is suddenly full. <laughs> you need like an interpreter to I stand do, behind I you. I need somebody to, or Thought like someone bubbles. to act it out for me as I tell them what to yes. do. But, but uh, my partner B will actually be my demo bottom for the penis version. And then I will have a pussy demo. And I'm just so excited to share this knowledge because I think you get so much from seeing it actually performed on a body. Like I love using dildos and that was really good for the online and also to not get you know, censored by the social media kicked out of the country beings, but but to really see it on a body. And my favorite part is like if the penis goes flaccid, let's say, I get to model not freaking out, not taking it personally. Just gave me goosebumps on the inside. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yes, because probably people in the audience might go, Oh, oh no. God. Right. And I get to go, hey, guess what? I'm not a failure. This does not mean anything about me, my attractiveness, my skill level, or yeah, anything. Or your partner's or your partner's interest or abilities. It happens. There are a thousand reasons that have nothing to do with you why a penis could be flaccid at any point. And the fun thing is, they have just as many nerves when they're not erect as they do when they are erect. And arguably, it feels better because it's just shrunken into a smaller yes. <laughs> space. The classic so. blowjob is magical. Yes. So I that's my favorite part. Like, I'm kind of like, lose your boner, lose your boner. My, my partner, <laughs> unfortunately, something sad. fortunately, unfortunately, stays hard forever, which is how we have sex for hours and hours. But I'm like, no, lose it. <laughs> so I can show people. <laughs> just right now. Just for please. a second. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. So what is there a one-stop shop people can go to? I'll put a link down in the show notes as well. But what's the yes. best place to um, stay? The best place to get um, with me is my website, canasexual.com. That's where you can sign up for my email list. And and that is the best place to stay up on all of the things that I'm up to. I'd send out notifications about my online courses, about brands that I'm working with, sales that I, I become aware of, as well as upcoming events and ways to work with me in a coaching capacity because I am taking on new coaching clients. And that is my favorite thing mm. to do. I love teaching and I will love teaching forever. But mm. working one-on-one and with couples is so gratifying to really see transformation happen in real time and be with them through the transformation process. Mm, That is awesome. That's so great. Any last just final tip for somebody who is new to cannabis, especially in regard to sex, pleasure, sexual empowerment? What's what's a good beginner phrase of wisdom? My best beginner phrase of wisdom is negotiate before you medicate. 
even with non-intoxicating methods like CBD products, have a conversation about what you're bringing into the bedroom, what your goals are, how you think it's going to impact you. Make sure that your partner is okay with it because there are folks who are in law enforcement or who are medical professionals who get drug tested or or maybe they're sober and they just don't want to be around anything, even CBD. And so having that consent conversation on the front end and not just like whipping out whatever product you have available is a good thing to do. Amen. Thank you for that. And thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please subscribe if you haven't and consider leaving us a rating and review. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. Girl Boner Radio is owned, operated, and executively produced by me, August McLaughlin, with technical producer and audio extraordinaire, Mackenzie Mazel, as part of the Period Podcast Network, an affiliate of Starburns Industries. Learn more about the Girl Boner podcast, brand, movement, and book series at girlboner.org, and more about Period at periodnetwork.com.